This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Afternoon, Jürgen. Um, I guess we'll start with the uh, the interview you did with Paul Amann uh, at Klopp Outs and um, the impact that that's had both on yourself and the Liverpool fans who are now far more aware and educated as to what they can and can't say when it comes to LGBT issues. How proud are you of that interview? Huge credit must go to you for taking the time to do it. And of course, what have you learned that's now been fed around the fan base? I have no idea about response. I don't feel pride at all about it. I think it was just necessary to do. It was just important to talk about. I don't obviously know all. I don't know all of our supporters, but I know the the vibe. I know the spirit. I know the 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 the, the passion. I know a lot of things about uh, our supporters and I, how I understood it. Uh, when there is a when it happens something and you can, can you can help clarifying it then it's our duty to do that. And that's what we did. And if that was, if the response was good on that, great job done. So and now we can carry on because it's, uh, it's obviously an important, an important thing to talk about, no doubt about that. Um, but not all the time because there happened something we had to, I, I, Paul um, came, came over and we could speak about it. I learned a lot and so hopefully some fans as well, and that's it. Well, I don't think there's too many Premier League managers that would take time out to talk about LGBT issues on the, the second week of a brand new season. So I think that's where the, the credit goes. Looking ahead to the weekend and um, the team news, I believe we've, we've got some some sad team news in relation to Fabinho, who's uh, had a family bereavement. Can you just explain how he is and, and, and what the latest situation is there? Uh, <sighs> I would like to say it's a private situation. Fab is is um, is here um, and is doing what he's able to do, and um, that's it, pretty much. Um, to say about that, um, we all feel for him. We all feel with him. We all um, not sure how to say, it, but gave him and uh, gave him and his family our condolences. Um, try to give him all the warmth, all the love we have um, in this moment, um, and um, that's it. The rest is private. And in terms of the the other players, which I guess seems insignificant when you look at his news, um, Jordan Henderson played uh, in a behind-closed-doors game against Aston Villa and Thiago. What's the latest on them? Will they be back for this weekend? Yeah, much closer. Yeah, they're much closer. Um, they, they, they look they look fine. Now we have to make the decision. Um, well, they looked really good in the game and um, look good during the training week. So now well, up to me to make some decisions. Thank you, Mark. We'll go to Joe Izzard from Premier League Productions and then to Ian from TalkSport. But Joe first. Afternoon, Jürgen. Hope you're well. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Great. Uh, so the last time Burnley were at Anfield, they ended a 68-game unbeaten run, stretching back to April 2017. How much extra motivation do the memories of that defeat offer the players and staff? Uh, not in the moment, sitting here, to be honest. Um, I didn't even think about it. Now, when you told me that's uh, something um, <laughs> I didn't like, I, when I think about that game, um, it was a strange one. But yes, we lost it. Burnley won it. That's how football is. So well-deserved. Um, but there's obviously nothing to do with the game now. Uh, we will try everything to have our first home game in front of our crowd for 
520 something days, I think. Um, and we want to enjoy that. And football is only possible to enjoy when you uh, have a when you when you play positive in a positive way. When you just go for it, there are no guarantees out there, not at all. Especially not against Burnley because they can make your life really uncomfortable. They defend well. Have really good footballers in the team. Sean is is doing a brilliant job there. Set them up to be not only annoying, but they can be annoying as well. Um, good set pieces, all this kind of stuff, a clear way of play. So that's what we prepare for, not for any kind of revenge or whatever. Um, we really want to have a positive a positive game, and that only works when you play really good. And just on the note of return to fans, it'll be the first competitive game back in front of a full stadium at Anfield for not only Ibrahima Konate, but also last year's signings too. What impact has that had on the atmosphere among players and staff in the build-up to the match? Oh, everybody's looking forward to it massively. So you can imagine. Usually, when you sign for Liverpool, then one of the first things you you or one of the probably the first two or three things you you are waiting for is your first first game at Anfield to feel and to to experience that atmosphere. Everybody tells you about it. You may might have seen a few games on on television. But you don't know it before you felt it or experienced it, um, and so yeah, that's for every each and everybody of us who, who had the first game um, at Anfield in the past, and we were all had them obviously. Um, it was a very special moment. It will be a very special moment for them. Um, that's absolutely great. Um, but yeah, that's individual. So they are looking forward to it. But we who had two, three, four hundred games at Anfield can't wait as well. So um, this place is um, is really special and we are really happy to have it back. Fantastic. Thank you, Joe. Uh, we'll go to Ian and then James Mountford from BBC. And at the moment, that's it for the Open, which we'll go to a, a breakout after that. But uh, uh, Ian first. Hi, Jürgen. How are you? Hi, Ian. Good. You? <laughs> yeah, very much off the back of that. We're, we're looking at talk sport about the magic of the cop. Um, and obviously this weekend will be the first time uh, the cop is full in, in, in a long time. You had the, the yellow wall at Dortmund. I wonder if you can compare the yellow wall with the cop and, and, and just what it means. Because there have been many times when you've gone over to the cop after a big and an important victory. Just what, what that does for, for you, for your players, for the history of the club. Well, both things, oh, I guess. Yeah. Our great stands are incredibly important for for the club. Are um, yes, the 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 benchmark if you want for the club. That you if you think about it, if you think about Dortmund, you know immediately. I uh, um, there is a discussion in Germany, like um, because the club obviously wants that the stadium is called after the name sponsor is Signal Iduna Park, or the old name is the Westfalenstadion. So nobody discuss the yellow wall thing, Gelbe Wand, has never ever discussed. So that's clear. That's when you go to the stadium, whatever sponsor will on it, the yellow wall is still there. That's exactly the same how it is with the cop. The good thing, what I love really about these two stands is that when you go there, it's, some, it's a little bit like you, you so on, on other, we all know that in the VIP area and stuff like this, people come out sometimes maybe a little bit late. I don't think it's in our stadium too often the case, uh, but are not directly on, on their toes in England, especially you have to wear their suits. It's not that comfortable. But when you sit on the cob or when you are on the cob or when you are on the yellow wall, you go there just for football. 
that's it. So, and that means they are the, the ones you have to you have to get on their toes. If they get on their toes, then the whole stadium will follow. Um, and that's a nice that's a nice thing about this relationship. And uh, I can't wait to have feel this connection again. And we are really blessed. We were at Dortmund. Thank God, and we are here. Um, really blessed with a really good crowd. So we think back six years. Um, people didn't enjoy the or seven years. I don't know. Didn't enjoy the football in this specific moment too much. When I arrived here, thought about leaving early to get to the car park stuff like this. Um, I think that we left that already behind us before the pandemic. But now, in this moment, I think everybody wants to enjoy each second in the stadium, and we all have to do our part for that. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Thank you, Jurgen. Welcome. And then the final couple of questions from the open section from James Malcolm for the BBC, and then we'll go to the uh, we'll go to the embargo section. James. Hi, Jurgen. Um, I appreciate your ask last week, but uh, Jordan Henderson's contract situation has there been any developments during the week about that, please? No. Still all good. So nothing to uh, nothing to be unduly concerned about. Thank you. Um, can I also ask about Virgil van Dijk? Because he obviously played for the first time in a competitive game last week. So just just how impressed were you that he appeared to just kick on from where he left off? I wasn't, I wasn't impressed in, in, a, in a surprised way. It's not like, oh my God, right, that's him. Uh, we had a four-week, he had a four-and-a-half-week preseason, um, maybe five um, or maybe if you put in all the, the all this other rehab stuff as well, then it was probably the longest preseason of all times. But um, I saw him obviously in training every day, so um, he played like he trained um, before. So I was not surprised. But yes, Russia is a good football player, and that's why I was really happy to have him back. And one more, if if you don't mind, just on the the midfield, um, you played Alex Oxlade Chamberlain and Naby Keita last week. Um, perhaps two players who didn't figure as much as some of the midfielders, some of the other midfielders last season. So how valuable are they to you still, the, the likes of, of Alex and, and Naby? Very valuable. It's all about being available and, and being, using the momentum and stuff like this. That's football. It doesn't make you a worse player or whatever. You, without luck in life, you are really on the wrong side of the of a lot of things and um, when you get injured in the wrong moment yeah that the, the football train never waits so we have to we have to be really um uh on top of that that we try to to keep them really in the best possible shape stuff like this but the quality of the players was never in doubt come on who would uh, if you think about these two players and you go through the strengths they have that it's, that's a, a book of its own so you can just can write a book about that so Great to have them. It was always clear, and it was always clear when you when you get the chance. That's what that's life, and that's football. You get the chance, you better use it. Um, it's not will not be the last, especially not in our case, the last. But it makes more sense to use it immediately, and then um, then you have another game and another game and another game. That's how it is. But there are obviously a lot of good football players in our squad, and um, we will change independent of performances in the last game just for intensity reasons. But that's obviously now a little bit early. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.